Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me from Brisbane, Australia, my co-host Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com. And our special guest today is Jeannie Doherty. And Jeannie lives um, about an hour and a bit south from where I do, actually, on the Gold Coast. So um, welcome, Jeannie. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's great to be here. So Jeannie is a management accountant, a business operations specialist, and a numbers ninja. I love that title, numbers ninja. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, that's um, definitely what I call my team too because I'm, I'm a real numbers ninja, but I tend to stick to the business operations uh, with my clients and let the uh, the rest of the team focus on that. But, yeah, definitely numbers ninja. So we, we haven't really um, had too many people talking about the numbers on our podcast. So there's so many things that I want to talk about. But one of the things I know that you're really good at is pulling cash out of a business. Um Tell us, tell us about that. What's yeah, what's- love that. Yep, yep, love that. Um, so it's so it's kind of simple because there are five definitive ways, and I like to I like to call this the recipe. <laughs> um, so I often say you get two business owners. Let's say they they're both plumbers and they both run a plumbing business. Let's say we gave both those plumbers this strategy that I'm about to give you. Um, why would it work for one and not for the other? Well, the same reason baking a cake works for one person. Um, one person follows the recipe beautifully <laughs> and the next person doesn't. So I really encourage you first off just to consider following this recipe. Um, so the five ways to pull cash out of your business and profit, there's an acronym which is SERPI. So that stands for sales expenses, pay, um, receivable days, payable days and inventory days. Um, so basically, first of all, the first way is to increase sales. The thing that I will say about that is that doesn't usually mean or it doesn't, we don't like to think that it means running out and throwing money at a digital marketing agency. First of all, um, do the simple marketing 101 things like keeping in touch with your clients and the people in your database. I like to call it manners marketing and keep in touch marketing. So increase your revenue in smart, simple ways. So that's sales. So expenses, reducing your expenses. I can tell you when we first sit down with a client and we pull up their profit and loss, been running their business five years, often it's the first time they've looked at it. Um, we can, I have saved business owners up to $100,000 in 20 minutes. So in the expenditure. So just looking at your profit and loss and paying attention to your expenditure and finding ways that you can make savings and eliminate th- things is going to increase your cash and increase your profit. As an example, yeah, um, give, give something sure. that our listeners can hunt for. Yeah, yeah, okay. So many examples. So a really simple one would be um, where you look at your expenditure and you might be able to kind of say, 
you know what? We're using that software and that software and that software, but if we consolidate it and use this tool over here, we could save three, four $4,000 a year. So that might be something really simple. And we did that in our business. We were using, just an example, um, Dropbox Enterprise, which is great, but we were also using G Suite and they improved and we made the decision to move and that cha- that saved us a lot of money annually. Um, so, so that's an example. Another example where business owners aren't paying attention to the numbers but they're wondering what's going on, um, this is where I save someone a lot of money, is just sitting down, looking at the numbers. So um, in this case, it might have been wages and looking at those wages as a a percentage of turnover, which I know starts to get a little bit technical. Um, But in that case, there'd been some things happen in the business that changed things, even if that was temporarily. Um, And their wages were, I think, over 100% of their turnover, but they weren't looking at it. They sat down and looked at it. So immediately the owner let the head chef go, which saved him around $80,000 a year. And he jumped back in the kitchen and he just had to do that you know and it plugged that immediate loss so paying attention to those numbers um, and another business I worked with it took us 12 months but this is a great example of reducing expenditure Um, because we all want to chase the next sale right but expenses so we sat down he was losing 10 it was a um, he was running like a, a gym a gym type type business fitness industry he was losing ten thousand dollars a month yeah um, and it took us 12 months working in the expenditure because um, he's really good at sales, working in expenses. And over 12 months, we slowly reduced all these different fees and consulting fees and all these expenses that he really didn't need until we stripped $20,000 a month out. So he was making $10,000 a month. Now that's $240,000 a year. Yeah. Um yeah, consistency, you know, it, we just sat down and we did it one step at a time. So that's um, a lot around the expenses. And then the next one, receivable days, I'm really passionate about, and that's simply getting your customers to pay on time or better terms or upfront, yeah, because Australians are second only to Nigeria as how bad payers we are. Um, <laughs> So please try and not run accounts. Most people, I've I've had clients before, oh, yeah, Jeannie, you know, I I take this deposit or they pay at the end. I say, have you asked your clients if they'd be happy to pay in advance? No, I haven't asked. And they ask, guess what? They're all happy, you know. Um, There's so many things that we can do that will increase cash flow because remember that we can be making a profit on paper, and this one's a bit technical too, um, but you'll go broke from lack of cash while you are making a profit, yeah? And I think you guys know that. Sure. Um, Yeah, and the next one is payable days and your payroll comes into that too. So paying your bills, your suppliers and your staff, really important to extend those terms as long as you can. Again, this is going to give you more cash in the bank. And inventory days, if you're running a business, you know, I was part of a a massive um, electrical retailer that was quite famous in Australia, um, Clive Anthony's. Brisbaneites know that one. Um, and we had incredible inventory days, you know, those stock turns. The, the products were not on the shelf 
longer than the supplier term. So we paid our suppliers after we sold that stock. And I mean, that one is so critical in inventory. And another example is somebody said to me the other day, you know, we're going to buy food for an organic retailer. And they said, Jeannie, the, the stock has a long shelf life. And I said, yes, but you can't go paying for that stock before you sell it or you're going to have a cash flow headache. So, um, but even if this stuff is a little tricky to understand, I tend to go back and, and say it's a recipe. So, if you just follow follow the recipe and let the magic happen is, is a really great way to take stock of that information. So, so Jeannie, let me ask you a question. And, and you, you touched on it there, and I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of human behaviour. Uh, I like trying to understand everyone around me. Mm-hmm. How How is it that people can sit there losing $10,000 a month in, as your gym example. Yep. So A, did they have a whole cash injection that went in initially so they didn't really notice they were losing money? Or, or are people just that oblivious to their numbers? I know you're the numbers ninja. Yeah. So are they oblivious to numbers? Amazing question. So um <laughs> I'm like, drum roll for this bit of information. Um, So the main thing we see, which is a bit frightening, is um, because we see a lot of clients overdrawing and that. So most people are actually unaware that they've got mounting debts to the ATO and super. So they're kind of using all the money that should be reserved in the bank account to pay out their obligations um, and because they're not obligations planning. So that's the main one is they they don't understand. They're all running the business on the bank account, right? And they say, oh, there's money in the bank. Boom, we must be doing okay. You're 100% correct. They literally don't look at a profit and loss. Sometimes their numbers are not even in order. Um, and then occasionally, I'll put it this way, they've got more money than sense. But that one is the, it's not It's not as often, you know, we've just got so much money, we can just throw it away. Um but not on my watch. <laughs> so it's been 18 years working in the tax office. Uh, it's really common that people borrow money. It's the easiest uh, place in town to borrow money from the tax office because yeah. um, you just don't pay it to them in the first place. But yes. Now they're charging a lot of interest for the money that you owe them. So uh, not a good, not a good strategy anymore. No, and not a good strategy because the amount of clients that I meet that really are not sleeping at night because no you know they're good ethical people that don't want to owe money all over town you know um and when it comes to the stress of it all I mean the worst case scenario I have literally had to ring an ambulance for a client that I was concerned about before and you can imagine the ambulance got round there and said your bookkeeper's looking for you (laughs) (laughs) and it was all fine in the end it was all good but it's really really stressful for these business owners who are really um flying blind um but usually it's this misconception that the bank and the profit are are two one and the same yeah okay so so the entrepreneur whether it be as you said the solopreneur the plumbers you know two plumbers out there in their vans just operating or somebody who has multiple staff and multiple, you know, parts of their business. Um, You know, if you broke business down, you know, what actually are the sort of five areas that make a business tick? Oh, I love this. So um, I think definitely 
your numbers. So for me, your numbers underpin everything. So an example of that is um, let's say I'm working with a client and they, they're getting their business operations coaching with me and they're getting their numbers like the virtual CFO with their numbers um, account manager. And what I do is really fun. So they skip their virtual CFO and they come to me and I say, skip me go to your virtual CFO because I don't care how much progress I help you make around the operations of the business. If you can't make it translate into cash and profit, well, why is, you know, you're not going to be in business. So your numbers underpin everything and the five areas around your numbers that you need to focus on are numbers 101, which is up-to-date accurate accounting records. If your numbers aren't up-to-date and accurate, that's your, that's your number one job right now. Um, the second is numbers knowledge. So you guys know that, you know, successful business owners, we, we spend a percentage of our turnover on education. And so going on that journey to just learn about um, what it all means. Number three is just making sure those numbers are strategically set up so you can read them. We do tons of that. Um, then number four is setting your targets and KPIs. So please, if um, please understand what optimal business performance looks like for you, because so many business owners, um, let's say their cost, let's say I'm a plumber and my cost of sales is running at 80%. Well, I'm sorry, you're not going to have, even if you generate more sales, if you're making that massive mistake that your cost of sales is too high, your wages, your materials, you're not going to run a successful business if success is profit. Um, so really grabbing, you know, understanding the rule of thirds or grabbing your benchmarks from the from the ATO website, which is easy, Um and then the last one is sitting down on a regular basis, monthly at least, and actually comparing the targets that you set to the actual numbers. So that's the five areas of your numbers that you really need to focus on. Um, and then the operations from that, we call it plan, um, plan, team, marketing, selling, and your SOPs, your standard operating procedures. So how important are standard operating procedures? I, I think... A lot of small business owners probably go, oh, that's too hard. I'll, I'll just wing it, you know, whereas a lot of larger organisations tend to have, you know, standard operating procedures. So, you know, mm. something that every business should have. Yeah, critical. And, in fact, um, I'm just kind of midway through a book at the moment and, and one of the, the main misconceptions that business owners start out with um, is that being a, you know being great at what I do translates to business success and and when they're by themselves that happens but they bring on someone new and all these problems start and it really is linked back to the standard operating procedures um, so it is it's really really important to be to when you when you're going to bring on your first staff member, no matter whether you're a gardener, speaking to my gardener about this the other day, whether you're a gardener or whether you're um, a digital marketing agency, you do really need to make sure that quality doesn't drop and that you're clear with your team around your expectations. Um, you need to start getting those standard operating procedures in order, which can be really tricky. So the best place to start is what I call the critical client flow. Um, just keep it around your critical client flow because that's where SOPs are, are mostly important. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so, 
What does that translate into? I mean, I want to go to a practical example because I'm sort of a, a, a hands-on practical guy in everything I've done over the last 30 years as an entrepreneur. You know, what does that mean? Because I, you know, in terms of, you know, your first staff member comes on, what do you, and, and they're going to be doing, you know, pretty much a bit of everything as the entrepreneur does. Yes. How do yep, you yep. translate that into a process or are there just too many variables to actually put it down? No, no, I think there's a few things um, to bear in mind. So first of all, there's the um, say it, do it, do it, say it principle. So with that job, people love what you do. So you just sit down and just, you know, say what you do and just jot it down really simply. So actually, I just do this through to this for my clients, right? They they say, yes, I want to do business with you. And, and this is what I do. I also call this your secret source or your method. So just write your secret source down and then just document kind of what you do um, as a first pass, you know, get it down. as. And I, I like to do this um, while you're doing your job. So in a $100 million organisation, we did this, my sister and I actually. Um, so we gave everybody in the organisation a month to document what they do while they're doing it. Yeah, what do I do? How often do I do it? And enough about the task that if I became unavailable, somebody else could do it. Um, but you just jot it down really and realistically that becomes the the secret source and the procedure manual for your new staff member. But you do the other thing I would say is once you've got that, you really need a way to test it, measure it, and improve it. And a really simple way to do that, depending on what kind of business you're in, make sure you've got your team rhythm. So your daily, I call it a seven-minute meeting each day, and then a weekly meeting where you look retro, like look back, and then a weekly meeting where you look ahead, which you can combine. We have um, a sheet then we call Better Every Week, and you can just get everybody to be thinking about how they could have improved things so um, that you can then, because those standard operating procedures are, are always fluid you know they need to be updated and um and improved but it, it's but not your, that hard yeah week with you looking your, your retro and your forward look is that at the same meeting or, or is that are they alternates yeah so depending on your your business your rhythm and what works for you we do ours all at once on a monday afternoon which is unusual and absolute perfect would be monday morning week ahead Friday afternoon, week in retro, um, but you can absolutely combine them. Ours take half an hour each and, and they're really pretty game-changing, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, if we have standard operating procedures then, what are the outcomes of that? How does that Im- improve our productivity? Yeah, so quality. And I will throw in, if you're a tradie, because they really struggle with this, um, GoPros can work really well um, because I love video. I do a lot of stuff by video these days. For me, it's screen capture videos, but you can do GoPros. Um, So it's mainly around quality. So if we think when you're by yourself, you're kind of self-employed. And then when 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 you employ someone, you're moving into that kind of business space. Um, And it's all about um, maintaining the same kind of quality and the same kind of customer experience and and client outcomes that that you were providing. 
Okay. So so actually, I'm going to throw in, I, I'm a tech guy, so I'm going to throw in for the listeners two tech hacks very quickly to add to what you've just said. So I use Otter, the, the program called Otter. It's an app and, and a web uh, program, which is a voice-to-text and, and a very accurate voice-to-text. And so exactly what you were saying about writing down your standard operating procedure when I often go for a walk, I'll put my AirPods in my ears and I will dictate my thoughts for the next blog or whatever it may be. But by the same token, you know, you could be using something like Otter to transcribe your words while you're working almost immediately. And so that's just a tech hack I'll put out there for the listeners um, is a good way for some of us hate writing things down. Uh, you know, it, it, I write down notes during these interviews, and it, and then I can't read my own handwriting. So, so tell me. So, so you've got to this point. You've now gone. You understand your numbers. You've got your standard operating procedures. What do you do to make yourself and your team more productive? So, you're sitting down with a company. How do you make yourself and the team more productive? Yes, okay, cool. And I love Otter. I use it every single day. Um, so the way that you make your um, yourself and your team more productive, I love this. So first of all, um, I do like to say you really need to get proactive. That I think, being, and you know, it sounds like an off the cuff, oh yeah, be proactive. So what does it mean? It's opposite to reactive and it's about the brain and, and my clients really use this a lot. So it's about getting into empire builder brain and getting out of monkey brain. So, you know, most business owners, first thing in the morning, um, what do they do? They go to their desk, they open their email, they look at their phone and they start reacting to somebody else's agenda. Stop and get pre- proactive. So we need to... Um, sit down in the morning and we need to always be planning. Um, so I do, you always need to make sure you're, you're planning and I think every business needs some support around that. And then the next thing I would like to mention in terms of the productivity tool from planning is Kanban boards. Um, so um, if you Google Kanban, so K-A-N-B-A-N, um, and if you love your tech tools like Asana, Notion, Monday, they all do them, or you can do it manually on a whiteboard or anything you like, but it's how the Japanese outmanufacture everybody else in the world. Um, Kanban boards definitely changed my life and, and they're changing the lives of my clients. That will help you be a lot more um, productive. And the other thing I think business owners really fall down with, we see it a lot with productivity. So definitely proactive, not reactive. If you're going to, if you're going to be reactive, you're on a hamster wheel. Yeah. You are flat out going nowhere. If you're going to get proactive, you're going to move ahead. Like one of our clients, Kirsten, she just did everything we asked. She got proactive and she did the third thing I'll mention. And in 12 months, she increased her revenue 70% and her profits 50%. So the third thing she did was invest in killer administration support. Um, We helped her get a full-time executive assistant in the Philippines that absolutely changed the game. Um, And actually, she's done all the standard operating procedures for her. Um, I personally, having grown up in business, um, that, you know, in the old days, we called it the good woman behind the man because it was very gender, you know, um, driven. Um, But whether it's a man or a woman or whoever it is, in this case, 
Kirsten's a woman running the business and the EA's a woman as well. Um, solid back-end administration support to support that business owner. Yeah, so they're the three things, I think. Proactive planner, Kanban boards, and solid administration support. Yeah. I love it. Um, you, you can never pass up a good Kanban board. They, they're very uh, made made a big difference for me personally too. So I'm I've got one eye on the clock here, and I'm being proactive. We're going to have to wrap it up, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so uh, thank you so much for sharing with us this afternoon, Jeannie. It's been a, a great pleasure to have you here. Um, and I'm going to pass it over to Rail to close us off. Thank you very much, Lindsay. Thank you, Jeannie. And if our Listeners would like to contact you. They'd like to know more about the numbers and how to become more productive in their businesses. What's the best way of getting hold of you? Yes. Okay. I would say visit our website. So Cloud9, that's the number nine. So cloud9strategic.com.au. If you pop forward slash get strategic in, you'll go to some really cool free tools and we'll keep populating that. We love free tools. Excellent. Yeah. And so do I, because um, you should be able to digest and use lots of cool free stuff and get educated. Um, Get in touch with us. We'd love you to work with us too. But absolutely, I just want to hear the story from people who are just even doing it themselves and kicking some goals and using those free tools. I'm populating our YouTube channel with some really great stuff around habits and mindset as well. Um, But, yeah, check out our website and follow our socials, Cloud9 Strategic. That's great. Thank you very much, Jeannie. Thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Rail Bricker signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast with a reminder to pop along to excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and in life.